Hey, everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Casadam. And I'm Bob Wick. And we have a very special guest with us. It's our good friend, Melanie Leon. Uh, Mel, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, everybody. I'm so thankful to be here. Thanks, James and Bob. Yeah, I can't wait to talk because so this is yeah. going to be what we call a, a show and tell episode. And um, Mel is a, fr a friend of ours who uh, we've met well through various um, organizations, uh, including DIFF um, and also the Improv Network. Uh, you are right. a co-CEO of the um, Improv Network. And um, uh, Posthumous is the show that we want to talk about, um, which is an immersive virtual show. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and drop a link in the comments uh, of our streams so that people can uh, yeah go drop put out that link yeah yeah ooh that's a long one the mm. link has been dropped <laughs> <laughs> links we have yeah. been we dropped we've done it everyone all we do is drop links yeah <laughs> um so Mel if you could start us out though with uh just a how how it is that you describe the show to people when they ask about it. Yeah, so Poshmus is a completely virtual, all Zoom-based, interactive, immersive show. So that means that the audience comes into the rooms with the improvisers and the performers, and they get to make choices and decisions, and every single choice and decision they make changes the show, changes the next step, changes the outcome. So the audience is incredibly important. And they have a lot of power and control to kind of move throughout the show and make changes. So the world of Posthumous was created kind of in a devised theater scenario, very collaborative, which was wonderful for all the performers involved. But it is this kind of alternate reality world where once you die, you can basically buy a spot in an afterlife. There are different afterlifes Ooh. with different companies. It is completely a business. No one is saying it's not a business. And each company <laughs> kind of has their own thing. So Posthumous is the high tech one. They really want to focus on making sure the deceased remember their life before they move into that afterlife world. Um, there's Bright Reaper, which is kind of the cool, trendy celebrity afterlife. There's Dream On, which is all about charity and doing good. And each company has their own attributes. And so you pick one and buy your spot. And when you die, they move your consciousness into that afterlife world, into that afterlife company. And so we are focusing on Posthumous, which is kind of that higher tech company that really focuses on restoring the deceased memories. And you get to come into the world of Posthumous, you enter that business, you can either be part of the company, you can be an investor, you can be working on restoring memories, my track, if you join me, you get to work with me in recruitment. So you get to see Poshmas from the side of recruitment. And, you know, lots of fun twists, turns, secrets, deception, intrigue, you know, along the way that people get to figure out and help us make the ending. So it's a really cool kind of sci-fi world, but again, completely dependent on the audience. Wow, that's amazing! That, yeah, that sounds awesome. That that sounds yeah. like uh, like the good place meets like an RPG, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. adventure. Yeah. Like Ready Player One meets the good place. Yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. But the good place again, exactly as we said, from the side of the people creating that weird right world. So you get to really see the in depth look of how it's made, which is very exciting. I 
honestly, when I first heard about the show and they sat down with us and described it the whole time, I was like, I want this to be a TV show that I'm <laughs> yeah. not in, but I watch because this sounds so cool. Yeah. But, it, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, so, so, uh, okay. I, I have a ton of questions about, about yeah. just like the, uh, the theater and, and like actor side of it. But, but I, I guess before we get to that, let, um, I imagine you get a lot of questions about like how it works. I should say, actually, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's very, if you do the show, I'm willing to bet that it's so much more self-explanatory than it seems from the outside. If you just like hear about it and aren't familiar yeah. with virtual yeah. shows or immersive shows, yeah. but you don't need to know anything. Going okay. In. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause, because it's immersive, it's there's, you're just like directly getting guided along the entire way. Right. So yeah. yeah, we are very good at making sure we take care of our audience. You know, we don't want to leave anyone out in the wind there. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, an explanation at the beginning. We kind of have an orientation that explains the yeah. company and what's going on. And the audience will always be with the performer. So there's always someone there to answer questions, lead them along and help them out. But again, we leave the choices and decisions up to them. So they really do make the outcome of the show, but we are always there to assist and lead. There is a timeline that we know to always kind of help out with. Gotcha. And wow. um, it's, two, it's a two and a half hour show. Is that right? So it's kind of set for two hours with the assumption that with audience, it depending on the audience, it may run over. Yeah. So it could okay. end up okay. a two and a half hour show. We do um, want to ensure one of the beautiful things about this show is there's one-on-one -on -one audience interaction if they want it. The characters cool. there in a room and we can talk directly to you. We can talk to several people. You know, we want to give each audience member the attention that they want and the answers that they need in that show. So we yeah. don't want to necessarily set a, hard end time because that wouldn't kind of honor the system that we've created for the audience. That's gotcha, great. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, so if someone wanted to watch and for some reason they didn't want to participate, they can just be a fly on the wall. So definitely they could okay, come cool, in, cool. turn their camera off and mute their mic if they really wanted to. Yeah. It's definitely probably less fun than being part of the team and making decisions and choices. Right. Uh, no. You can use the chat, you know, if they want to answer a question, they could be okay. like, this is the decision I think we should make, and they can put it in the chat. But, you know. Yeah. No, I just heard my mom's voice in the back of my head, like, Bobby, do I have to say anything, or they're not going to make fun <laughs> of me, are they? And like, it's just a, a question I get every time I, I tell anybody about improv, so yeah. uh, that was the voice of the audience right there. <laughs> they can sit in the back and watch with the hope that other people participate, because we do need some decisions made. But yes, some people I'm sure will absolutely kind of sit back and watch. They may leave their camera on, but maybe they're not as participatory. It's totally their choice with how much they want to do. As far as the making fun of people, you know, it's interactive. It depends what you say to which character. <laughs> I don't I right? can't promise what's going to happen. It's not intended to make fun of anybody, but banter can happen. That's part of the fun. Yeah. yeah. And so do people tend to... Um... Any given show is is open to the public, um, uh, and so you get a, a random combination of people all over the place. But do you also get people that um, do it in groups, or or like uh, do you do like buyouts for specific groups? Yeah, so they can definitely do that. Usually, I mean, if they want to do you know a mass ticket purchase and buy it a night, they absolutely could. More often than not, we kind of have a mix of people. But we do have groups coming in, and it's kind of their choice. They can request to be on the same track together, where they start off together. And sometimes people like to purposely split from their family and friends because then they can compare <laughs> after the fact. That's cool. So yeah. it's, it's very much up to them and what they kind of wish to do. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, and then, so uh, tell me how you got involved and, and a little bit about uh, Phoenix Tears Productions. Yeah. Um, so Phoenix Tears is a local central Florida production company, woman-led by two powerhouse ladies that are just wonderful in the community, incredibly supportive of the arts. And they frequently do kind of this immersive interactive theater, originally in person, but then COVID times yeah. moved online. And uh, a few months ago, we actually did a kind of what I would call a simplified beta version to kind of test the Zoom platform in a show called Recovery, which was the same posthumous, but only focused on what it means to restore memories to the deceased. If you're a posthumous employee, how do you give those memories to the deceased and give them the right information and get the right information to achieve an ending that you hope for? So also, again, very interactive and immersive and many different endings. I think then we had about four or five endings in posthumous because we've added so many more tracks and so many more yeah, ways yeah. for you to move. I think there's over 10 endings in this show. Um, so we did have that kind of first show to be like, is this going to work? And the answer was yes. We sold out the complete run of recovery, really got wonderful feedback. People would come multiple times to see the different you know, tracks that they didn't get to oh, see yeah. the first time and make different choices. I think our last show, we mainly had people who had already been through it just to simply see if they could like break the system. I mean, you know, they came in with the sole goal <laughs> to make what they thought was the wrong choice every single time and see what happened. And it was incredibly fun. Um, so okay. we did have that run of recovery, which sold out. So, which was very helpful in kind of creating this. Um, but yeah, originally, you know, they put out an audition notice and I'm, familiar with both Megan and Mallory, we, excuse me, we have kind of crossed paths in the theater community many times before. So I saw it and I was like, improv, immersive, I'm going to audition. And so that's kind of how we all came to be. But it's been an incredibly wonderful experience. The whole Phoenix Tears community is not only supportive, but considerate of every performer and what they want to bring to the table. I've I've never been involved in something that is so open to my interpretation and my input, which as a performer stuck at home is really nice. Yeah, I yeah, bet. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, so you're, you're in, in Florida, Florida, in, uh, in uh, Orlando, Orlando, correct? correct. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the cast is from all over the place too? Yeah, so we have performers from all over the United States and I think Canada. So I think that's kind of where our performers base wow. spreads. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, how, how was like the rehearsal process or like, I was um, just about to, yes. Yeah. How do you, how does, yeah. especially with an immersive show, it's tricky enough with a virtual show, right. To, to like yeah. coordinate and kind of like, but then when it's immersive, how, how does, how does that all work with the rehearsal? It is a truly unique experience. I have been involved in many improv shows, many virtual shows. This is a one of a kind experience. We definitely collaborate. So our director, Mallory, you know, comes in with a little bit of background in the world, a, you know, a timeline, and we sit down and we individually develop our characters and we decide how their relationship works and we decide, you know, how we would respond to things, which also kind of starts transforming the timeline into what it'll be. We definitely created kind of one of those, well, I don't know if you call them like those murder boards with pictures and notes and strings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Connect everything, yeah. 
connections and then a new path and a new string. We had to create one of those just so we could all kind of be like, well, if I go here and you go here, then where does this go? And doing our best to keep each other updated because we're all in different rooms. I can't see necessarily the decisions that are happening in another oh, yeah. room. We have to constantly be up to date and in contact of what might happen. So it was a lot, a lot of talking and a lot of writing, which you might not expect, but you know, I needed to be able to write down my backstory and, you know, things that trigger me and, and what I find interesting so that if another person in another room gets asked questions, they understand. So it, it was it was definitely complicated. We've asked a lot of questions. We've all together answered a lot of questions. And then honestly, you know, we spent a couple rehearsals talking and planning and understanding. And then as any good improv show, we just threw ourselves in. You know, yes, it would yeah. be my turn for the day and everyone else would play audience. And I would just go and see if how long, you know, I can do and I can do all the components and answer all the questions. And we just kind of threw ourselves into it to develop the characters as we did reps. So oh, some parts untraditional, some parts very traditional. Yeah. Okay. So, so now I, I, I think this is a really fascinating, um, mid ground between like scripted and improvised, right? Where it's like, you have to, you're not learning a script, but you're learning the, the, the information and the, um, facts about a world so intimately that you could improvise without getting anything wrong or inconsistent, uh, so to speak. Um, and, uh, did you say you, you had some, um, experience doing immersive theater uh, before that? Yeah, so, I mean, I I have had experience in other productions, but the main virtual one was the recovery show that happened yeah. prior to this posthumous, right. also created by Phoenix Tears, and more, I say simplified in the sense that there are less tracks, less endings, slightly more control for us to really understand the process of Zoom and how it works and how we can translate to the audience. Um, but now all of that's gone and we just let loose the wildness. So. <laughs> that's awesome yeah and um is i mean ob there's obvious differences between doing it uh, uh, an immersive show in person to doing it mm -hmm. virtually but um at, on the acting front is it more or less the same um or are there like were there surprising differences to you yeah i i would think it's it's relatively similar in the same sense as you said you have to intimately know the world you have to intimately know your relationship with other characters but you have no idea what is going to come to you in the audience and what's truly right. going to happen. And no matter how much planning you do, something is going to be different because an audience member comes in and has a different thought than you planned for. So that's all very similar. Clearly the benefits of in-person are, it does feel more intimate. You know, you right. are in person, you do have a better chance of getting those kind of people we talked about who were like, I don't know if I want to participate to participate because you can look them in the eyes and you could be like, Hey, no, it's gonna be okay. Come with me. You know, I'll take yeah. you under my wing, and we'll be great. Whereas on Zoom, they really can't just <laughs> hide video and no camera. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that is more difficult. The benefit that I kind of enjoy is it does let the show timeline be a little more rapid pace because you are simply moving people between rooms. There isn't the same traffic pattern that you kind of have to plan for in a live yeah. space. How do I? stay with my group, but also get this person over here if they want to. We have a tech who moves that person where they want to go. So 
it keeps them engaged because there's no travel time kind of between the scenes that you might expect, which also gives them a lot more freedom to move between the scenes because we can just move them. There's no way that they're restrained to an area because no one can walk them where they need to go at that point in the story. So that that aspect of it is is really nice. We have this, honestly, one of my favorite things of the show is we have an elevator room and it's just a picture of an elevator. So when you're moving between things, they just put you in the elevator and you go to the next scene and like you come out. So oh. I mean, you know, you make it as real as you can, but it does kind of speed up the transitions for audience yeah. members yeah. who are really engaged. What well, I would imagine, I would imagine one, one of the issues you might have with audience. I'm sorry, I'm hearing echo. My own voice echo, so I hope not. It's coming and going. You're, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. So I would imagine one of the issues you might have with the audience member is teaching them how to use Zoom. I mean, everybody's using it now, but there's still some. Again, I hear my mom's voice in the back, and I'm trying not to be negative. But I just how, how do you get this darn thing to work, Bobby? Or like, so <laughs> is that part of the tech's job? Uh, like get, making sure they're set up and that their Zoom's updated and everything so there's yeah. no tech issues during the show? We definitely, they send out an email prior that kind of explains it. But then also what we call kind of the out-of-world introduction where someone comes in and goes, hi, let me talk you through a little bit of what you're going to need to do. This <laughs> is the camera, this is the mute button. But honestly, right. that's all they need. You know, we move them between the rooms because the host has that ability. So we just ensure that they understand how to do their video and their mute, and then also, you know, how to change between gallery view, because it's easier to watch in gallery view. So okay. we teach them how to do that. And we make sure everyone is good and set and understands before we move on. Yeah, it's like the 2020 version of please shut up your phones and <laughs> and yeah. don't talk or, yeah. Don't yeah. <laughs> but in and, and worst, worst case, again, the host or the tech can mute and unmute and turn video and turn video off. Yeah. We need to get there. But usually after that kind of orientation, people catch on. I think that'd cool. be the one thing I miss when, when we open up the theaters again, being able to mute your audience. That'd be, yeah. That's going to be rough. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <geez>. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Mel, for somebody that, um, uh, is interested in immersive theater, like just uh, on the acting front, like for, for improvisers who are, um, curious about it, like what sort of, um, uh, muscles as a as an actor are um especially in play like uh if somebody's like i wonder if i'd be good at it how how, how would you kind of give them an idea of uh what's involved and and like what lends itself to good immersive uh, acting yeah so i think the two main things that come into play strongly is character work you no matter what have to understand your character to a depth that you might not need in you know a short form game that's only three minutes and you know as long as you're doing the game if your character sways a little it's okay or long form where if your character starts to sway maybe a scene can change this you are that character and you yeah. are no other character and there's no escaping it so you need <laughs> to truly understand what makes that character tick what they like what they don't like you know if the audience comes at you a little bit how do they respond to that and you need to truly understand that character so you can just respond you are in character constantly you know there is no off at least during our show you know we go from the minute it starts that two two and a half hours so character work understanding your character being comfortable developing you know especially in our scenario which is it is devised theater where i got to create melinda winter myself you got to understand 
who they are, what makes them tick, and why they are the way they are, which no one may ask you. No one may ever ask your backstory or what's going on, but you need to really understand how to improvise and stay in character. And then the second thing I would say would probably be kind of status work. So understanding the status of your character to every audience member, but then also the other characters. Because that status, even if you don't necessarily understand a question or know how to answer a question, you can always respond through the lens of the status that you have in that situation. So kind of falling back on those two things, you know, understanding character work and understanding status work, I think those coupled with, again, just being comfortable improvising um, are kind of those pillars that make it really helpful and also feel seamless and like in your in a scene, not like you're trying to make things up, but you really are present and you're self immersed in the scene. Yeah. So sorry if I missed this, but, but how much are, are you interacting with other characters um, uh, throughout the, the show yeah. versus being just a guide for um, the players or audience? Yeah, so it's completely dependent on the character and how the audience moves. So sometimes, I will interact several times with different characters and you'll see us talk and you'll interact with it. And you'll tell me, you're going to go talk to this person. Well, I don't like how they work. So this is how I think you should approach it. That does happen. There are probably times, depending on how the audience moves, that I have much less interaction with other characters. But it is rare that a performer is completely alone. Gotcha. You know, there, there are other times, you know, in my track, there are performers who pop in to play someone I'm talking about. And so I do get to interact with them. So you're you're not just all alone as a performer in a room with 10 people trying to explain the world. There, there, is, a, there is a show element to it, too, to yeah. explain things. So, you know, specifically for the what we call the I am system, which is how people remember their memories, recovering their memories, the audience will get to witness memories from the deceased life. They'll be led by someone who's in charge of that department, but they get to watch performers perform these memories. And then based on that, they get to make decisions. And then the deceased person, you know, appears and you get to interact with them. So there are scenes and many people that the audience will be interacting with. No one audience member will only see one character. There will be many that they get to see and experience, especially depending on their decisions. That's awesome. Um, so, so let's talk about the, the practical side of being a performer on a, on a, in a Zoom cast. Uh, are there any requirements of what your background has to look like or are you using a virtual background or any kind of uh, tech things you had to do, like equipment you had to upgrade or buy or you know use? Yeah, so as far as equipment, for me, not really you know i've had this computer camera which also has an internal microphone it's nothing fancy it was off amazon i didn't spend a lot and that's what i use and i you know purchased that just for the COVID life you know just zoom calls with friends and family so for me i did not have to purchase anything special depending on the character depends on if they're using virtual backgrounds or not some characters are moving through very specific scenery so they have virtual backgrounds Myself, in all honesty, this is where I am. I'd pro- I'm going to set it up a little nicer. There's a hole right there, which I didn't see until just now. <laughs> not there. Um, but it's honestly, it's a sheet 
and that's my world uh, because my character very much, you know, would be in a kind of blank focused environment. So right. I have a sheet and my normal camera and that's kind of all I've needed. Um, many of the performers, all they need to be is in front of a blank wall. That's kind of all they need. And then they're using the embedded camera in their laptop. So could, could you make it fancier and have really nice lighting and really nice camera? Sure. But it's less about that in this show mm -hmm. and more about the relationships and the interactions than how pretty we look, if that makes right. any sense. Some of the characters honestly kind of put themselves in the dark a little bit based on their character and what they're trying to do. So we, we set the scene, but it, it doesn't have to be prime recording quality. No, it could be an advantage, actually. Uh, with all those things, like if you have a messing character, putting yourself in the dark, you know, uh, and, and almost making the audience uncomfortable by your visual, it's kind of a really cool trick. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just love the um, the uh, you, you take you you're taking like a premise of of this whole world is uh, sort of made to justify the like look and feel of of like a, a surreal virtual space, um, and I just love that as opposed to it's it's it can be so much more tempting and and more difficult to be like oh how can we kind of like do what we want to do in a live theater space. But just kind of like modify it and and suspend disbelief for for virtual. But I, I love the idea of a show like this that is like, okay, let's come up, let's let's take the the format first and say what makes sense for this to be applied to. You know, I, that's, right. I think that's so awesome. Yeah, I I will say I've done many you know virtual improv shows in the sense of pure improv. You know, short form, long form neutral background but then are we do we really want neutral background oh we do have the option for virtual backgrounds how quickly can we change our virtual background and all performers be in the same and you know the audience isn't there so you're making these quick background changes without knowing if they respond at all because you can't hear or see them and for me personally we all have different preferences you know virtual improv is tough for me you know i miss the audience and I, yeah. I miss the energy and I miss my performers on stage and, and I just don't feel the connection the same, which is a lot of improv for me. So sometimes I leave feeling, I think, more drained after a virtual improv show than I might from a live improv show. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that part can be really difficult. And this show, you know, again, not worrying as much about the complicated technology from the performers you know the techs clearly have a lot going on to move pieces and pop up powerpoints and whatever they need to do wonderful humans techs i miss them too they're so great um but the fact that we truly get to focus on the audience in the room so again we're seeing that response yeah. feeding off of the immediate imminent options and thoughts of the audience to the moment you know, again, we're completely improvising with our fellow performers, but we are really together as a team with the performers and the audience. This is the first show that I feel normal, again, in the sense of improv, if that makes right. sense. You know, I really feel connected and involved and I leave energized again because we kind of have created that world very different than a, you know, a large scale audience shouting suggestions and laughing and hearing their gasps and changing. But having that 
specific one-on-one -on -one with the audience and truly letting them decide my fate and the show's fate and how improvised it is has kind of brought me back into that feeling of live improv. So as a performer, it, it's been kind of crucial to my improv health. You know, it's been really helpful <laughs> kind of in that improv world to have that true connection and response time with the audience and performers. Yeah, and again, it's just, it's so funny because it seems so counterintuitive that like, okay, well now we have to do everything in a virtual space. Uh, and so you would think the last thing that you could do is interactive, you know, right. like immersive uh, stuff. And, and it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to figure out how to do the, you know, fourth wall is the computer screen now. And that makes sense. And and, and I think, to, like you said, for some people, it, it does work on the audience or performer side. Yeah. Um, but just that, again, that counterintuitive thing that like, well, maybe immersive, interactive is the best way even though we can't be in the same room or especially because we can't be in the same room, it's maybe even more important to try and find ways to connect uh, in, in this theatrical virtual space. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, every time I feel that way kind of going in and it's also got kind of a cool twist where, you know, if you're not doing immersive theater, if you're doing staged improv, you know, improv shows, you don't necessarily get to like look the audience in the eyes and see how they're truly responding. Yeah. You know, you're kind of getting a general feel. Yeah. yeah. In these shows, you are you are right here, and yeah. I'm honest. In recovery, you know, I played a different character, but you know, she was a little not so likable. And I had audience members tell me they did not like me. They <laughs> did not wish to talk to me, and oh, no. yelled at me. And you know, you're like I. A normal improv show, please don't yell at me if you're in the audience. I don't want you to, I don't want that. Please put the drink down and don't yell at me. But yeah. in the yeah. you know, virtual world, I was like, yes, you should yell at me. I'm awful. And yeah. it gives them <laughs> that freedom to really right. express themselves and do what they want. And it gives me such a unique challenge to really be right here with an audience member truly experiencing their thoughts in the moment whether it's positive or whatever, I'm getting screamed at. And <laughs> it, it, as a performer, it's super fun. And as an audience member, they're enjoying it so much. Well, and, yeah, and I, I can so, imagine. Yeah. Because they haven't, most people haven't been able to interact with other, I mean, I think of all my single friends who are stuck in their own house. So being able to interact with somebody and have entertainment to it, it's gotta be so relieving and yeah. so special. Yeah. You know? and, and it's a really safe place to do it. Right. You know, weirdly enough, I feel safer getting yelled at, you know, through a computer screen, clearly. You know, oh, I, yeah. I'm safe. And they feel more safe telling me they don't like my actions and I should be different through a computer screen. You know, there is a right. safety being in your own space and in your own home. So I think that's another thing that benefits this being virtual. You know, the immersive shows that I've attended as an audience member. I would never go that strong. I, I would always be like, hey, where are we going next? Cool. Well, this is my opinion, please, and thank you. But if you don't want to do my opinion, that's okay, because I don't want to mess up your show, and I don't want to put a wrench in all the hard work you've done. So maybe I'll just sit on this couch, and then you just tell me when I should talk. You know, that's how <laughs> often I am as an audience member in immersive shows. Yeah. I don't want to get in your face and interrupt. But virtually, it's encouraged, and you can. And it gives you that time to just open up and let loose in a way that you couldn't do in person, both positive and negative. So that's, 
that's been very enjoyable to see and experience. Yeah, yeah that is very really cool. cool. Uh, that, uh, that, that people, people again, again, would just be more comfortable and encouraged to, to interact because of the distance or the uh, um, in, 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 impersonal uh, limitations of it. But um, so, so uh, out of curiosity, do you, your character, uh, what's her name, Mallory Winter? M Melinda Winter. Melinda Winter. One, one season, no S. Yes. <laughs> oh. One season, uh, no S. She's very particular. Um, are, are, are you playing a character that's that's uh, pretty uh, close to self in, in just like uh, voicing and stuff, or is it <laughs> pretty far? Well, I, I, and I don't, I don't mean uh, in like um, personality. I, I just mean like, do are people typically trying to put on um, like like accents and and uh, sort of like postures and facial expressions, or are you are you are you trying to keep it kind of close to uh, yeah. your own physicality and whatnot? I think that is. In, in the sense of it's open for the personal performer what they wish to do. We are not trying to play someone who I could not play. You know, whatever character I play needs to be reasonably and honestly able to look like me. Right. You know, I, in improv on stage, we, you know, can play whatever we want and the audience comes along with us. But we definitely are making these characters in a real world. So whoever I pick needs to at least be able to exist in this body. So gotcha. that would kind of be that. But after that, it's very much open. Uh, clearly, because we are in this box, especially for me, face is very important. My character is very facially responsive and detailed. So everything, you see her thoughts and her eyes and her facial expression, even if she doesn't <laughs> say it, because this is what you got. You know, you don't get to see me move around the stage. I don't have props. It, it is the world exists here. So that is very important for my character because she, especially on that track, is very integrated with the audience members. So they really need to kind of read her at every moment. Uh, but besides that, I mean, it's truly, truly open. As myself, I would not enjoy Melinda Winter as a human and I would not spend time with her. Uh, that's just who she is. She is, and I'm sure many people have had this person, kind of like if you think of like an HR person who pretends to really care about your situation, but is really just trying to kind of get you out of the room because they're going to do what they need to do. <laughs> and they'll yeah. smile and be like, wow, I'm so sorry, but also go back to work. That, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind yeah. of who she is and how she operates within the company. So not someone that you want to get a, you know, a coffee with, uh, sure. but <laughs> that also makes her fun. She's very expressive. She's very over the top. She's loud, um, which is also something going back to improv in the virtual world. Something else I think is very important is heightened energy. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's so easy for the computer to like drain out and, the little things that you would do on stage that might come across don't necessarily. So having that heightened, as I said, facial energy, vocal quality kind of brings people in a little bit. Yeah. So, so that's something that they, that they're looking for as well um, in casting. Cause you're, you're a very expressive uh, person. Very, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I'm going to be honest. It probably was not the first thing they were looking for. You know, when okay. I went through the original audition, it was a sincere improv audition. There were scenes, 
they were suggestions, they were frameworks, and you improvised with the other person in the audition. And okay. they looked for people who could create character relationship and scene work on the spot. Um, maybe that is a note for me, that is my personal opinion, but I am indeed <laughs> expressive as a human on my daily. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you use it in a way that that works really well for you. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It and uh, and again, I guess it kind of goes to the question too of like uh, uh, whether people are, are playing how, how much people want to stretch um, away from themselves um, because it's harder to maintain, you know, immersively for that long in, in a show. If if you're like, okay, I'm I'm going to do like a like a little bit of a voice and a, a facial expression, it's like you got to well, you're going to have to keep that then <laughs> for two uh, and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I firmly believe I'm going to lose my voice because I'm not oh, yeah. using my 100% normal voice. Like she has a altered okay. vocal quality. There is no doubt in my mind by the end of a weekend, I'm going to be a little raspy. Okay. Would you be willing to, to give us a little uh, flavor of her? Yeah, I mean, Melinda, Melinda's very just like, hi, I know, right? That's okay. But if you went back to work, that'd probably be best. <laughs> oh, oh, she's oh, she's so much more. Um, uh, it's 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 disingenuous, but she's so much yeah. more uh, chipper than I thought she would be. Oh yeah, it's not real. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the one that's gonna stab you in the back. You gotta watch yeah. out for that one. But okay. I mean, um, the laugh and the smile I'm finding is what gets getting me. Cause she does that laugh after every kind of backhanded compliment. Yeah. Like everything always ends in a, <laughs> and so <laughs> that laugh is going to hurt me at some point. And then also I have known through runs that the smiling does make my face hurt after. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can I feel bet. the muscles start to like twitch. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, oh no, I need to go to neutral soon. But yeah, yeah, she smiles nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've been I've, I've been in the audience laughing for twenty minutes at an improv show, and my face hurts. I, I can't imagine yeah. like 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 putting on that big of a smile. For, yeah, for for two hours. You gotta yeah, ice gotta your be... face when you're done performing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. two questions. It's it, they're weird. Um, so, are you in a house or an apartment complex? And do you perform sitting down or standing up? Uh, house, and then. For the immersive performance, I yeah. sit. It, really? It, okay. Yeah. So for this performance, I sit honestly in this chair in this space. Uh, I don't necessarily find because it's not physical in that sense. You know, we're not looking for mind objects, and we're not becoming physical in our whole body. You know, you might have different okay. posture, but sitting is just as effective. And honestly, okay. it gets saves a little bit of leg energy when you're putting out energy elsewhere. Other okay. virtual improv, I usually will stand. You know, if I'm doing true short form or long form scene work, I'll stand. Because I notice, like a lot of the bigger people who who play big naturally can't do it sitting down. So I, I find that very impressive. Like, yeah, it's it's much harder. But yeah, I, I just find it slightly easier because she's technically in an office talking to kind of just sit and in that moment yeah and, well and like you said it's like long game strategic uh right. <laughs> be like okay where's my energy going because yeah. i feel i feel like um you know if if i stand up and i try to perform what i end up doing is is moving a lot like in places that i've now freed up to move and it's like you you can see the shifting but you can't see where that energy is and so it's a lot of like yeah. loose energy which which can be good to keep you engaged, but uh, again, it's probably going to burn you out quicker than than the alternative. Definitely. 
Um, and and so in in these, you're you're playing to camera. Your your eye contact straight to the camera. Um, yeah, and, I would say eighty percent. There are definitely times where it is helpful to be watching the audience because I'm seeing what they're responding to, and it really is just kind of impossible to be staring here and if there's you know five or six people in the room seeing the bottom of the screen what they're thinking right so there are times where i you know will talk to screen but then if they're talking to me specifically i will you know look around like i'm looking in the room just to really truly gauge kind of what they're doing yeah, yeah. and i i would love to see i i i, I always bring this up and, I, and i'm like uh, I, I want to see all these cool developments in uh, the the virtual format, but then it, it just reminds me that like what I'm really doing is rooting for it to be necessary to to use this thing for longer. Uh. But, but so, saying that as a disclaimer, I like I, I don't want the uh, lockdown and everything to last any longer than necessary. But if it does, what I would like to see developed is is um, a way to uh, look at camera, but also see. Um, the, uh, the 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 audience uh, because you know obviously like um, built into like laptops or de desktops the the cameras above the screen but I imagine yeah. kind of like um, either either some some kind of um, adapter like a uh, teleprompter screen um, oh yeah or or just uh, having a, a a tablet or a, or a um, laptop screen that that has uh, the camera sort of behind yeah. the display is possible um and I, I and i think that that would make a huge difference in the interactability of uh e I, and that goes for theater but also for like um seeing your family or having a business meeting to be able to feel like you're making eye contact with the people you're talking yeah. to yeah. Uh, does does make a difference 100 percent. yeah to make it seem like you're making eye contact but also especially with family turn off your own face because otherwise you look at your own face the whole time <laughs> yeah so. yeah so both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying to be able to turn it off on your display, but not have it turn off for the other people? Yeah. That would yes. be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, would... as any of us, we're kind of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're basically looking at the mirror and having a conversation <laughs> with somebody else in the room. It's... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is such a. So, can you give us the uh, the like details on on the show dates and whatnot um, before uh, we wrap up? Yeah, so it starts this coming weekend. Um, I'm actually looking at the dates right now. So um, we have two shows on Saturday the fifth. We have like an afternoon show EST and then an evening show EST, and then Sunday the sixth we have an evening show EST, and then the next weekend we have shows which is the weekend um, of the 12th, we have shows the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th. So that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's just a two-weekend run. Uh, the tickets are in that link that you posted. But right. yeah, those weekends are coming up pretty quickly in December. Um, limited capacity, again, in ticket sale, because again, one of the things that I adore about the show is that true audience interaction. Okay. And we don't want to get to the number that we can't have that audience have that time so there is a cap so that they can get that time and move around and i can make sure to acknowledge each person and as melinda might do maybe give them a backhanded compliment each they've got something to take yeah. home with them you know and <laughs> so we want to make sure that we've got that time so number is reduced we've got a limited right. capped capacity 
for those two weekends. I think the second weekend we're almost about half sold out already. Oh. And then that recovery run, we did sell out completely, which was really nice to kind of have that full yeah. audience. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest, you know, if you're interested, whether or not you're an improviser and you're interested in seeing, you know, immersed, involved, interactive theater for yourself to participate in the future or to develop, this really is kind of a good example to get an experience like that. And if you're not an improviser and you just want to be in the audience and have some fun and interact and create a story on your own that is completely dependent upon you, that no other person will see the same story and outcome, it's definitely a fun ride. I mean, I cannot tell you enough just how silly and fun, but also the storyline is very cool and in-depth. So even that alone, um, if you're interested in sci-fi or not, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely grab those tickets if you're interested, because hopefully it will sell out with that limited number. There is a chance we'll have an extended run if it sells out in January, so there might be more tickets. But tickets are not expensive for you know that length of a show in general. And right. you know it's a fun thing to do at home if you're with the holidays. You know if you buy two tickets for two people in your house, but you want to sit at the same computer and experience it together, you can do that. So you can sit with a family member or friend, you know, on an evening getting ready for the holidays and kind of play along and figure things out. So that's definitely, definitely all possible. But yeah, it's by Phoenix Tears Productions. If you're looking online, the show's called Posthumous. And it's going to be so fun. Come see me. I promise I'll be somewhat nice. Maybe Melinda depends on the moment. Can't but promise other that. Characters, other characters will be really nice. So they'll make up okay. for me. So, you know, I hope, yeah. I hope people yeah. join. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I... I... I, I think it's such a cool, sorry if, the, if you're hearing the noise on, on the street there, but um, I think it's such a cool concept. And um, really, I should have asked this before we just did the uh, the long kind of closing uh, details on the show. But like we, we've talked on here about um, like what sorts of shows have you uh, seen out in the in, in the uh, virtual space? And, and actually, just last week, our the topic was right. kind of checking in about um about exactly that, like where where are we at now? Kind of seeing that this is going to be extended X amount of time. Um, what, what how is that affecting uh, what's going on on the virtual stage, so to speak? Um, and uh, one of our first episodes was about uh, improv adapting to to virtual uh, platforms. Um, so it's really really cool to, to hear about and and, and discover um, a show like this that that seems to be really taking it uh, using the parameters and the unique aspects to its advantage. Um, do you know about any other shows that, that like are, are similarly interesting or, or um, have, like us, <laughs> I haven't really been paying that much attention because I'm not as drawn to it as, as uh, some people are, but right. like, uh, have you come across anything that uses it in unique ways? Yeah. So there have actually been a few different immersive theater experiences. And one of the wonderful things about, being at home. I mean, there are some wonderful, one of the wonderful things about being at home, I'm not going to put a conditional on that. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is you can see theater from other places. So there's been a few different like interactive experiences out of England and different places like that where you can go. I know our director definitely did her research and went and watched a whole bunch of different shows to see at least technology wise, you know, what works and what didn't work. So they are out there. I I've seen shows where 
the performers aren't on screen and people are just drawing the scenes. So they're improvised drawing and improvised speaking. And I've, I've seen shows that are honest to goodness geniuses at using virtual backgrounds and filters. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how it's done, but wow, can they make it look like they're in the same room or on different sides of a room and the filters they use. I've seen kids shows that are so silly and fun and allows the kids, you know, to interact in the chat, whether or not they're in the audience. And, you know, those especially are really great at costuming and filters. Yeah. Again, using the things kind of at their disposal to connect a lot of face paint, you know, to kind of appeal for the kids, but also right. silly enough for the adults to, you know, enjoy and watch along. So there's so much out there that people are honestly just brilliant at. And, you know, it is amazing. And, you know, as much as I see, I'm sure there's six times more that I haven't seen and that I have no idea that it's totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I. Yeah. I, I and I, I feel you on the uh, the uh, kids show uh, stuff too. The um, Julia is part of uh, Story Pirates, and and so I get to see her do like costumes and the way that they format uh, is very. Uh, again, it's it's aimed for kids, but I I can see how um, I've never uh, uh, been much of a costumer. It's part of the reason I love improv. But but like, <laughs> if you are that type of person, like that just has a trunk of uh, costumes and props, like what a cool right. thing to just have just on, on the side off camera and using the, the sort of like uh, disappearing and reappearing in different outfits and stuff. Um, right. Just seems like it's such a fun uh, uh, method that they're applying to their shows. Um, so I feel you there. Um, okay, awesome. So Mel, thanks so much for joining us. This has been a yes. great conversation. Um, again, the show is uh, Posthumous and uh, by Phoenix Tears Productions, and it has its run this coming weekend. Check um, out the links. We dropped check, links so check hard. Check out those links. We dropped links this weekend, <laughs> coming weekend, and then the following weekend. So yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining. It's so great to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so good to see you both. This was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, for Improv FAQ at length, you can check out all the most uh, recent stuff. We're, we're really just down to doing our, our live streams every Sunday, uh, but all the most up-to-date and complete material is going to be on our YouTube page, um, and you can find the majority of it on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, like us on all three, just to uh, make sure you don't miss anything. Um, thanks again. and. What's that? <laughs> just, don't, just don't miss anything, please. Don't miss anything. <laughs> just, we got podcasts too. Just, just yeah. find us. We're, yeah. here. Podcast. We're waiting for you. They're dropping links on everything. So <laughs> yeah. We're just dropping links. Yeah, links abound. Um, okay, thanks again, and we'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at length. Bye.